This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit, it's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to Here's Where It Went Wrong, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things in pop culture, history, and sports, and then exclusively focus on the things that ruin them. I'm your host, Win Powers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew Nadeau. How are you doing, Andrew? I am doing fantastic. We uh, just premiered yesterday. It, it was great. We got to watch those numbers climb. Uh, seems like Seems like we're doing pretty well. No, no. It actually seems that people are liking it, which, you know... Fuck me. I had no idea. I was I believed strongly in people to just enjoy our stupidity. I had faith. This was fantastic. It was a great start. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely appreciate the fact that people wanted to tune in and listen to us talk about nerd shit for a little bit. And you know what? They did. It was a lot of family and friends. But you know what? There were there were. Like, oh, I don't have as many friends as who downloaded, so... We're no, way more, actually. I think we got a, a pretty good mix there. Uh, no, that was a, a strong start, and now we got even more nerd shit for him. We're doing great. In fact, you're nerd shit because it's sports stuff, uh, which I am just renowned for not knowing anything about, but I researched the hell out of this one. Yeah, no, you actually went and... Uh you actually watch documentaries and everything to prep for this one. I'm very pumped about it. This is uh, my expertise of nerd shit. Uh, we're talking sports today uh, with our fantastic guest, Mike Carmen Lengo. Mike, how you doing today? Thank you guys for having me. Uh, let me just say, family and friends is the toughest group to get to listen to stuff. So congratulations. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's almost impossible to get a friend to listen to your podcast, especially if that friend does comedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. For, forget about How it. many shows do we have? You can only ask so many times before it's like, okay, I, I know the jokes. I'm not showing up for this anymore. <laughs> They're like, what are you going to say in a podcast that I haven't heard? Now nah, I'm good. Right. Oh, you mean the, the same shit you talk about every time you're three beers in? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend when I first moved to Chicago. Uh, he told me, uh, like I told me he was, I was getting into comedy and they were like, guess what? You have three shows. You can invite friends yeah. to listen or, in, or absorb three shows, podcast, uh, a live show. But once you're done with those three, you can never ask them to do anything for you ever again. And I've lived by that since. That's good advice. I wish I knew that when I got into comedy, I was having people, friends and everybody come to like bringer, bringer up shows. 
which were it was a great way to lose a bunch of friends. So <laughs> oh, bringer shows are the absolute worst. They're the bane of my stand up existence. What about you, Andrew? What you have any experience with bringer shows, man? No, I don't think so. What have you got? Oh, no, it's just like it's impossible to actually get people to show up. Right, Mike? Yeah, it's terrible. And they, pro- you know, I wish I never did any. You don't have to do them now. I don't know. I'm glad people know more about it now. But yeah, you would show up. You'd convince like eight people to come see you do six minutes of stand up and they had to buy $18 Bud Lights. It's, and they're like, this sucks. And I know I, it sucks. It's terrible. I apologize to all those friends. Right. Yeah. It feels like the equivalent <laughs> of having a friend help you move. Uh, where it's like you get one ask maybe for something like that and you it's you know you got to be moving somewhere good there or you have to be getting kicked out there's got to be a reason for this yeah pizza and beer is not actually a form of payment right and neither is exposure to just your friends in stand-up <laughs> yeah they always said oh may, uh, you know we'll give you feedback from the booker the comedy booker will will give you feedback uh, oh yeah that always ends out so well the feedback was always yeah you come back next time with more friends right <laughs> 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 uh, I think when and I, when we started Spitfire, we kind of tapped our three pretty quick. Oh, um, we definitely tapped our three. The first three months, we asked the same three, <laughs> the same like friends to come back three times, and then they they didn't. But at that point, we actually had people showing. It to the worked. Shows we on got a following. Was... So thank you for the friends that uh, <laughs> that you know burned through our three immediately. It worked. So before we dive into it, Mike, you are the creator of Sixty Second Classics uh, on Twitter, Instagram. It also has the the website sixtysecondclassics.com. Uh, tell us a little about that, man. That I I love it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things on social media. Thank you. Thank you. It's all I use social media for. I'll get on and I'll post a video and then I'll try to get off, even though I can't. I'm addicted to it, but I'll try. Oh, no, it's brain poison, yeah. man. We're all we're all we're all addicts here. It's really you know, bad. I have watched the uh, the Karate Kid one so many times. <laughs> it is absolutely you. fantastic. Thank you. It's one of my it's one of my uh, ones that I, I like to revisit myself. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I just I started doing it. Um, you know, maybe like a year or two ago, and I would recap uh, movies in 60 second bits where I would tell jokes and I would recap the movie. And I found it was like a great way to really just, you know, one, revisit old movies that I love and, and two, just like work in a bunch of jokes and try to be as funny as possible. Um, I originally started doing it for like, I thought it would be helpful when like applying for like writer's jobs. I was like, oh, this can be like part of a writing packet and that kind of shit. Right. Um, you know, it kind of it helped for some stuff, but not, you know, the Tonight Show oh, didn't I'm, call me or anything. But, so you know. Oh, but it's still they're still just they're so good and they're so spot on every time. And I you even did one to a one off character from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yes. That like I was <laughs> dying the entire time. So, guys, if you have a chance, please check out 60 Second Classics. I'm also so happy to have Mike on because he is the creator. Uh, so. Y'all are going to listen to this in the future, and God bless you. I hope things are better there. Uh, (laughs) But we just had the announcement that the NBA is going on kind of a strike right now. Uh, It's the NBA playoffs right in in the beginning of the first round. Uh, I bring this up because Mike is the creator of one of my favorite moments of the playoffs last year, which is the Kawhi Leonard uh, Apple time. What a world. Uh, What a world. uh, So if you guys don't know... uh, he had this tweet that went completely viral about Kawhi Leonard sitting at a restaurant uh, and eating a bag of apples with a fork and knife that has become so linked to Kawhi Leonard that the entire run of those playoffs and like the entire season since people are just constantly refer to him as Apple Man. <laughs> and it's 
people, incredible. People have no, um, it, I think it's so funny because it's so random and people right probably rightly so have no clue where that came from and like it's it's kind of taken on a life of its own which is fine i mean god bless the internet i don't I'm not trying to claim apple time or whatever is my thing but it's not my no, no. it's not my claim to fame but it is it was it's it was a nice ride for a minute it's it was a fantastic ride and it's become so like linked to the public consciousness of Kawhi leonard that i just i i really just had to give that a shout out before we really got into it because that is just one of my favorite stories from those playoffs is just that joke blowing up and just becoming linked to the man himself thank you. and it, it, social media is so funny you'll like you'll work on something like a script or a pile, you know, a, a shoot for days and weeks and months, and it will do nothing on social media. And then you'll think of something, you know, I was like hung over drinking an iced coffee. I was like, Oh, this is kind of funny. This will get a few la like laughs from people who know that it's clearly fake. And, uh, I don't know, I guess it, I, it, it was it close enough up. to the stories that were going around about him that were real. So it kind of, I think that's why it kind of took on, uh, and took off, I guess. Well, Mike, let's get into it. The topic you decided to talk about today was the home run race of 1998 between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. So let's get into it. Tell us, what did that home run race, when you were watching it, just your experience with it? Oh, I loved everything about it. I was um, 14, or about to turn 14, and all I was doing was, I was playing baseball in the summer, so I'd play baseball, or I would play Ken Griffey Jr. baseball on my friends like... Uh, <laughs> I had yeah, that yeah, game! It was so yeah, fun. me too. So fun. So I would do one of those two things. And then every night at like 10 p.m., boom, baseball tonight, I would put it on and see if Mark McGuire went deep or Sammy Sosa. Uh, Griffey was in it kind of in the beginning. There was like a lot of things back and forth. Because before that year, it was kind of like building up. It was like, you know, someone hit 50 home runs and you're, you know, I think it was Albert Bell or some, a couple people. Yeah, yeah. And Rod, Roger, Roger Maris had the, the record at 61. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So Roger Maris had held that record for decades mm -hmm. and nobody had 37 you know, years incredible yeah, it was fantastic and so this was all coming out uh three years after the 94 strike right yeah. so baseball was the biggest sport in america and then in 92 the the owners were saying that they were going to cap players salaries and you know as owners are wont to do sure they 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 say you know hey guys uh you're we're going to make sure you don't get paid more than this and the players to their credit said fuck you <laughs> yeah. no and they just stopped playing that 94 season it was august i believe they just stopped playing in august which at the time was insane you were kind of looking down the barrel of the playoffs coming up and then you have the Montreal Expos, who were this, they were on a run. They were the hottest team. They got shut down. That team never recovered, by the way. The Montreal Expos got so screwed by that strike because they were on such a hot run. And then everything closed down and you've ne you never heard anything. And now they are the Washington Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think uh, baseball, more than a lot of sports, has the strongest purists. They, they see baseball is supposed to be this certain thing. So that anger at the strike, it's like, yeah, I mean, they're making a lot of money. They don't need more money, but come on, I get being upset about the cap. So this, they really took a hit. People weren't sure how they were going to recover from something this big uh, because the most diehard fans saw this as an affront 
to their vision of baseball. Yeah, I got to say, baseball has fans that like have the most child's view of morality. Yes. <laughs> probably <laughs> the it's most like the best way to... of sports. Absolutely. Like because the, when they left in the 94 season, like attendance cratered in like that 95 season. I think I read that like they had 20 percent less fans in the stands and the fans that did show up were like booing like they did it to boo them right yeah any sport where there's like more than one person in the stands keeping official score like as a fan <laughs> like that's come on guys like what are you guys doing yeah they're stickler to rules they they love all that shit so like even looking at some of the stuff that's happening now with like the unwritten rules that stuff always pops up and it's, it's, I love I love the idea of unwritten rules so for stupid. fans, like just being like, no, that's not baseball to me. Well, it's, also, it goes I, back to that thing that it's like a gentleman's game. I think one <laughs> of the things that that really speaks to it is that they have recorded music. That's a thing that exists. But the live organ is still a part of baseball. It's they've got to get, get rid that, of the live. No, they need that classic feel. And so that, that's the sports thing for me, because I think that if you took away the live organ, I would get mad. So that's I'm not your purest that, like, angle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no organ, no baseball. No. Yeah. Where else do you hear an, an organ in church or at a baseball game? The two things where that's it. That's it. That's, those are the best places. Or if you go to like one of those old timey movie theaters sure, yeah. and like you just have somebody in the front row <laughs> just like really just going at it while like a cartoon of Bugs Bunny plays. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think at this point, fans are pissed and they, they're looking for an excuse to come back. And then 1997, what, Ken Griffey Jr. hits 50, uh, as, as well as, geez, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think you said a, a few people hit 50, but Maguire did as well. So going to the 98 yeah. season, people think, okay, this might be the chance. We could have our redemption for baseball here. Because there, there was always, like, something that I loved as a kid was there was always talk about someone maybe chasing that home run record and then there was always the uh the hits record like uh games in a row where you get a hit and there would always be i don't know what it is it's like 50 something games right but yeah. there would always be you know that would always capture my attention too when i was younger it'd be like some guys at like 30 30 hits 31 32 and you would keep up with it and then one day you'd be like didn't squeeze out a hit tonight ended at 37 and you're just like uh it's over what was the point you just felt, felt yeah. so let down <laughs> It was always such a bummer because, like, the I feel like back then, like in the 90s in particular, sports fans would get so hyped together about one single thing. Right. Yes. And, and baseball, to their credit, like they went into that 98 season just going, hey, guys, this is the year someone is going to break the 61 home run record. Yeah, they, and they, they, knew, they, were, they knew it was going to happen. And they knew it was going to be either Ken Griffey Jr. or they or it was going to be Mark McGuire. Yeah. And they were just hyping it up way beforehand uh, that those two, one of those two was going to break the record. Sammy Sosa kind of came out of yeah, nowhere yeah. with it. And Sosa's think, talked about that, too. He says uh, he doesn't hit as well in the cold was basically his reasoning at the beginning of the season. It's too cold. So he doesn't start really coming around until what, like June, July or something. Yeah. Uh, he had the best June ever, but yes. Andrew, you know why he, you know why he can't play well in the cold? No. Cause he played for the Chicago. Cubs. I mean, it's a good reason. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Have you been outside in April Look, in Chicago? It's, it's like negative 10. <laughs> it's not like I would be doing any better, but yeah, that, that amazing June where he uh, suddenly catches up with, with Griffey and McGuire. Um, he, he hit 20 in a month. It crazy. was incredible. Yeah. 20 in a month is crazy. That's such a funny excuse too. That's like an, only a baseball player would have that, have that excuse. 
Like, ah, I can't. It's too windy. I can't really play. <laughs> right. It's like your your job includes playing when it's cold. That's that's part of the thing you signed up for here. Look, look, if you had me in the dugout right now, they're like, when you just have to strike out for a million dollars, I'd be like, I, it, I'm not going out there, guys. <laughs> what what's what? I can't wear a goose down jacket as part of my uniform. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not going out on that field. That's why pitchers had it had a good because when they whenever they would get on base, when they were hitting in the National League, somebody would just run them a jacket. I was like, yeah, they should, everyone should be wearing jackets. What a, what a pampered group of, uh, what a pampered position they are, oh. where they're just like, we can't let your elbows get yeah. cold. So they've got this fantastic run that, uh, I mean, it, it's it's going. It gets, it's, it gets the crowd very involved. People are showing up to games again. People are showing up to games when it's, uh, clear that the Cardinals aren't going to go anywhere. They're showing up just to see if this record gets broken. In fact, the uh, the final ball of the the record is is finally ends at seventy hits by McGuire, and that ball is sold for two point seven million dollars. Uh, which I mean, just the investment for everyone emotionally is at a level where people can invest two point seven million dollars and feel like this is a good idea. That that goes into like the back to like the baseball fan thing. I remember there was like this debate like. If you catch the ball, would you sell it? Like, or would you keep, like, would you, it's like, yeah, yeah, I would fucking sell it. Like, yeah, I would yeah, definitely absolutely. sell it. And that's like, I always consider myself a diehard sports fan, but yeah. like, if you offered me $2.7 million for any of my worldly possessions, they're yours now. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I will watch baseball as a bad fan from my yacht. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. two point, like, two points, it would be great. Like, $20,000 anything i own you can have right it's, there's nothing I yeah, have yeah. that great look at this point give me a lunch and a smile and i'll <laughs> give you most of my possessions so we've got this fantastic race which i think we can i mean you guys want to want to recap some of this it, it's basically just this dramatic climb it's going back and forth eventually griffey falls out and sosa and mcguire are the two uh, they're they're getting up closer and closer. Yeah, by June by June they're both almost at forty. They're they're both in like the mid thirties for home runs, which was insane. Like at that pace, you kind of know that the record's getting broken this year. Yeah, and McGuire said if you don't have fifty by September, that's you, you don't really pay attention until it's September. If you have fifty, then you've got a chance. Other than that, not thinking about it yet. Yeah, and I mean, because there was this, I don't know if it was the year before or a couple years before, McGuire had, was that the, oh, maybe that was the strike year. He had like 51, and they only played 130 games or something. Yeah, no, he was, that that year was going to break like several records. Yeah. Like it looked like the the hit record was going to get broken. It looked like the Expos were going to, to go to the World Series. <laughs> like everything was going to happen that year, which is why the fans were so pissed off for the following three years. Cause like, could you imagine being able to watch every record in your favorite sport be broken in the, like the span of a few months and then this shutting it down. But amazingly that, that was not the problem. That strike that almost destroyed baseball is not where it went wrong. We, we get up to this massive hype. One of the greatest things that's happened to baseball in years, uh, this, this huge home run challenge. So what happened? Here's where it went wrong. Steroids were being used Kind of a lot. So much. And baseball did not care. Steroids were basically, steroids and baseball were like the Q-tip company and Q-tips, where it's like they're giving you this <laughs> ear-shaped thing that fits perfectly in your ear. Like, okay, but don't put it in your ear. And it's like, okay, guys, but I'm going to put it in my ear. I've jammed, I've jammed so many Q-tips in my ear before. And, and like you said, people are like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, but 
why it's been so come well. Come on. Yeah, it's, we we oh. both know what this is here for. I know. So that's, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy your hundred dollar sharper image <laughs> ear cleaner. No. Right. Dude, Mark, I'm gonna use a Q dip. I, I was just watching some footage before this. It's hard to like to to really just like I don't want it's hard to overstate how big Mark McGuire is. Like oh, yeah. he is he looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin if he like <laughs> swallowed the rock. Like he is so big. He's huge. <laughs> Oh, no, no. 90s baseball players look like 90s comic book characters. <laughs> right. Like they're just way too... Their proportions make no sense when you look at them. They're just way too big. I'd be more afraid of a 90s baseball player running at me than any NFL lineman, yeah. probably. And and here's the thing. There, there is an awareness about that this exists that before 1991, nothing is said about it. And then in 1991... They don't ban it. They just say, hey, guys, you know, using steroids is illegal. It's it's not illegal in baseball. It's illegal in the world. So do with that what you will. And uh, and then just let it go. That Then it's just, you know, that's it. They don't even make it a rule. Yeah, that's why I like all this, like, you know, all these. I don't know when they instituted steroid testing, but like if they're not even testing for it, you know, go crazy. Right. I don't know. Well, that's it. They introduced started introducing more rules in 2001, but it's not until 2003 that they actually start testing for it. And then, of course, everyone turns up positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, I think I think uh, Jose Canseco said uh, said that 80 percent of the league was juicing. Yeah. At least at least a few times throughout the season. And like that is such a imagine being surrounded by just 80 percent of your employee of your fellow co-workers are just roid raging in the locker oh, yeah. room. Well, and, and 90s is, is where it really did spike because before that there's there's stuff that's kind of steroid-ish, but they're calling it supplements. It's like, no, people are, are people are using creatine. People are using supplements, and that's okay. And here's how much baseball did not want to do anything about it. They introduced a punishment in 2005. And baseball, the origin of the three strikes and you're out rule, has five violations before you can even be considered to be ejected from baseball. <laughs> They three are, strikes to you're out after the two other <laughs> strikes were also going to give you. It's it's fifth penalty for violation is penalty at the commissioner's discretion. If he decides to kick you out, they can. So when you want to go into a little bit of the history of steroids here, because it's been used somewhat before. So pretty much since sports started, people are trying to get an edge, right? Absolutely. Uh, 1889. Uh, there is a player named Pud Galvin. And I just got to say, baseball players have the best <laughs> names. It's, I looked some of these. I, I don't think people realize, aside from who's on first, being one of the best crafted jokes all, of all time. It's also like, it's kind of accurate. They had, I just looked up just a list of names here. Dazzy Vance, Scooch Furio, Snuffy <laughs> Sternweiss, Peanuts Lowry, Cookie Rojas, Choo Choo Coleman. I mean, these are they all were names. so hungry. <laughs> this was like the 20s. They were very hungry back in. If you told me that there was a, 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 a cookie playing today, I'd be I'd be going just but, to watch. No, none like, of these are even considered weird. It's like, this is just the deal. You're playing baseball. Your name is Dazzy now. <laughs> so we've got Pud Wilson, who's a pitcher. Uh, and he's this proponent. Pud Galvin. Pud Galvin. What, uh, Pud, oh, yes. Pud, Pud Galvin. Yeah. Thank you very much. And he's the proponent of this, the Brown Sequard elixir. Brown Sequard was actually a brilliant physician. Uh, he, was a, he was a professor at Harvard. And then he kind of pulled a Nikola Tesla when Tesla fell in love with a pigeon uh, <laughs> and just <laughs> lost it. He, uh, he started making elixirs from animal testicles. And uh, 
I was excited to read this because in one of the last episodes we recorded, we talked on dog science briefly, which was basically people trying to use magic because they couldn't figure out science and dogs <laughs> kept being involved. So uh, Brown Sequard pulled this out. Pud Galvin is not only using steroids, he is hyping it up. He has become the spokesman for steroids. And Brown Sequard, by the way, is the first person to uh, postulate the existence of hormones. He, he's a brilliant guy. If anyone can figure this out, he should have. Uh, but at this point, he's just he's just lost it. Uh, so, in fact, uh, another scientist said testicles don't store the hormones they produce. Uh, so you would have to eat a quarter ton of testicles to get the effect this supposedly has. But uh, Pud is all in. He he wants to try it out. <laughs> Pud Pud was dedicated to trying to eat a quarter ton of <laughs> testicles. And you know what? This is our salute to Pud. <laughs> that's, that's what the show is now. We We're Pud Galvin for Pud. Pud. Yes, Pud. <laughs> Good job, Pud. You 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 ate more. You ate the testicles with the best stuff. If your name is Pud, sometimes you got to eat some testes, man. Pud's got to do it. <laughs> sometimes and, a quarter tons worth. <laughs> well, but but this keeps going. We've even got a story about Babe Ruth, where you know he had that those legendary uh, stomach issues. Uh, according to you know legend, one of these times it was because he tried to inject a steroid from sheep's testicles. They've moved on from dogs now. And it made him so sick. So they're like, oh, yeah, Babe Ruth stomach stuff. Got to sit this one out. Uh, so, I mean, the steroids are are in the game since the beginning. And I think one of the differences here is baseball just cares less than most sports. Yeah, I think with other sports, like if you look at like a football or something, they'll be like, oh, well, you'll just die if all the guys are on steroids. In baseball, they're like, what's the big deal? You hit a couple extra Give it a shot. See what happens. Yeah. And, and it turns out the fans are like, yeah, that's awesome. Keep doing it. That's it. The fans didn't care when they first started talking about uh, this. Let's go ahead and skip back to McGuire. Possibly an issue here. The fans are like, well, yeah, but it's it's working. He, <laughs> had, we he had like that thing. This? Reporters would talk to him at his locker and he had this big he had like this this big like creatine thing. But he had like other shit in there. And they're like, what is that? And they like wrote up a couple stories and nobody cared. They're like, yeah. He's a big, strong guy. He needs his vitamins. He's like dog testicles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he did. He, he had injuries. And and uh, the thing with, with steroids is short term, they, they can help. They can also lead to more injuries. Uh, but McGuire has still claimed is like, no, this helped me heal faster. And uh, there's there's some evidence that it it possibly helped. But it's come on. We know what you're doing this for. You're doing this because you want to hit a bunch of homers. That's that's your job. And it's working. You're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And then and then everybody started. Get, and then everybody was like, well, let's let's just all really take steroids for real. The problem was the problem was when pitchers started doing it in like the late 90s, like when Roger Clemens was all juiced up and threw that broken bat back at Mike Piazza, like. Everyone was like, whoa, guy, calm down, buddy. It was like too much. He was very mad and he threw the bat so fast. <laughs> he threw it so fast. <laughs> like that, that's the thing. That's the thing with the whole steroids era. It's probably the best. I, I can't argue that it might have been the best era of baseball. And like, I know it has this cloud hanging over it. But, like, we were all watching. Like, Andrew, I know you don't particularly even care for sports. And, like, when I was just like, oh, we're going to do a thing on the 1998 home run race, you were like, oh, yeah, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Right. Yeah, yeah no, I was in. <laughs> that, that's it. it. It it captured the nation, which is such a dramatic way of saying it, but that's how baseball talks about this kind of thing. They want it to be this national obsession. And uh, they kind of got it. it. It worked. And it worked in large part because of steroids. Um, and I mean, they were good players too. It's it's not like steroids uh, 
our magic. You know, they, they put in the work. <laughs> yeah, you're still going to but... make contact, but... <laughs> but... Yeah, your, your hand-eye coordination still has to be there. Like, let's face it, steroids did not make bad players great. Right. Well, I that's, mean, that's... before this, strength training wasn't a big thing for baseball either. It, it was, you know, you wanted to be lean and lithe. And now it's like, oh, you know what? If we just hit homers every time, we don't have to be so fast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> The, I mean, the footage of Maguire and Sosa, like going back, back and forth. Those balls were going real far. Like they oh, were they're killing it. I was like, who's they're going out of the stadium? Yeah, I was like, who's catching this ball? Are they, are they hurt? There are people <laughs> out in the parking lots who did not know that they were going to catch million dollar balls yeah. to the head. But plus there they were. Plus Sammy Sosa had that fucking baller jump every time he would hit a home run. He would just kind of take his little thing. It was fucking great. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I, I, I hate the fact that Sammy Sosa, uh, because th- this whole scandal, so let, let's kind of back up a little bit. So around the two around 2001, 2003, uh, what is known as the Balco scandal happens. Yeah. So Balco was a uh, nutritionist center uh, that players would go to to get their vitamins and their nutrients and their creatine and all the steroids they could possibly put into their bodies. And this comes out that, you know, that some of their clients are Mark McGuire, you know, Kurt Schilling, you know, just these big names in sports. And what baseball does is they say, don't worry, we're taking this seriously. We're going to suspend some bad to OK players for <laughs> 10 days. And, and that, was, that was exactly it. And uh, again, 2003, they implement testing, which, by the way, they implement anonymous testing. It's not until it breaks years later that this is <laughs> this is basically a survey test. We just want to see how many of you guys are actually doing steroids. Don't worry. It's just for our data. <laughs> and it, it's, it's not until The New York Times breaks it eight years later that it really starts ripping up. But 
because of the testing, there is a congressional hearing, which McGuire is called in front of. Uh, and he says, look, there's, there's no win here. Either I confess or you say I'm lying. Those, those, those are my options. And it was like, yeah, because you're lying. That's, everyone's <laughs> he, lying. We know the deal here. He never said he took them, right? I mean, later he did, but at that hearing, did he? At the hearing, he didn't know. He kept saying, I'm not here to talk about the past. Oh, right. And Rafael like, no. Palmero is doing the finger thing. Remember that? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, you yeah, are exactly. exactly here to talk about the past. That is Sammy Sosa was like, I don't understand English. Like, he didn't even talk. Like, it was it, nobody admitted <laughs> to anything. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, everyone was just like, Sammy Sosa just kind of like tried to like babble his way into not giving an answer. And Mark McGuire was just like trying to give like these like, he was trying to really like matrix dodge these questions <laughs> by being like, hey, look, if I don't confess, you're just going to say I'm lying. And they're like, well, did you do it? And he's like, not falling for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, it didn't really break until a couple of players realized they could make money from this. It started coming out in books. That, that was right. when they started naming names, uh, which was like, OK, cool. So we're going back to 1994 now. <laughs> we're, we're back to the money issue. And that is, again, what what broke it. Uh, Again, when, as you said, Jose Consenco cited 80%, a couple other players said it was more, you know, 20 to 45, but way higher than it, it should be if you're pretending you're not doing this. Oh, it was ridiculous. Every single player was doing it. However, I do have to say the name of Jose Consenco's book was Juice, Wild Times, Rampant Roids, Smash Hits, and How Baseball Got Big. And I'm like, <laughs> what a great... What a great tell-all novel, uh, tell-all book, you know. Oh, yeah, title. he owned it. He, he was just going all in. It's like, guys, this is, it's about to break. I'm going to do this and put, give you a behind the scenes. And then what a big thing that came out here was how many players won major things while on this. Uh, uh, Ken uh, Caminiti said he won the 1996 MVP on steroids. Same for A-Rod in 2003. And and that was it. it. It was they didn't really care when people were trying and it wasn't working. They cared when it started really actually making a difference. Yeah, that's why. I mean, and then the, you have the whole debate of like the, the Hall of Fame and the records and shit. It's like that's why baseball, they depend so much on records and, you know, the game, the game. It's like, how, how can you like hash any of that out? It's like, yeah, everyone was probably on steroids. The decade before that, weren't people doing like amphetamines and shit? Like, oh no, people are so amphet. Yeah, yeah, amphetamines in baseball goes back to like World War II. Oh, really? Like, yeah. A lot of those. Uh, yeah, so they had the the you know a league of their own. You mm. know that whole thing where where women were playing uh, the major baseball leagues because players had gotten drafted and they were fighting a war. Uh, so they go over there and they're uh, you know the, they're soldiers and they're given amphetamines to help them fight the germans and the japanese by the way Both a good reason are... to use amphetamines this was <laughs> like nobody was complaining about this use of amphetamines oh no no look if, if you're gonna take cocaine for your country <laughs> you know, godspeed very patriotic but, but but they but they get you know they get hooked on amphetamines over there and then they come back and they realize it's going to make them better ball players so well, for decades they are all just flying high on amphetamines and, and not only that but you've got a lot of guys that are over there that are scientists you know they're people that, that are, are working in medicine because it's world war ii everyone joined up no matter what your specialty is mm -hmm. so they come back and they're like wow i'm gonna go teach at a university where we've got sports uh and i know what this did firsthand so yeah let's start introducing it in, in college major league uh you know these are guys that became experts in amphetamines all of a sudden yeah, that's yeah. And then like back, just going back to like the home run race and all that, 
I mean, those balls, those balls are juice too, right? Like something, I feel like everything, <laughs> I feel like the league just was like, hit as many homers as you want. We don't give a shit. Here, play with these little fucking mini balls. Like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they weren't, the players weren't actually that big. The, the They just sized everything down. <laughs> <laughs> Their bats were everything bigger. Everything else was just. Yeah, they were just giving they were just giving Mark McGuire like a child's bat you know? <laughs> and throwing a ping pong ball at him. That's what it looked like, man. He was mashing. That guy is just so big. And that's how you also know he's not on steroids. Like he stopped doing steroids at a certain point because the man shrunk down to yeah. humans proportions <laughs> pretty soon after he retired. Yeah. Yeah. Now he just looks like a bouncer uh, on a bar rescue episode or something where he'll like kick your ass, <laughs> but he's not that big. Yeah. Like, oh, I would not start a fight with Mark no. McGuire by any means. Right. But I'm just saying, if I had to fight 90s Mark McGuire or 2000s Mark McGuire, I know I'm going to run either way, but I now I know I can, you know, at least stand a chance against current Mark McGuire. Is Sosa still big or he's kind I mean, I know his, you know, he's got some uh, yeah, things yeah. going on. He's, he's got he's got some he's got some things going on. I think Sosa is still a pretty a pretty big guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but but the evolution of where he was before steroids and where he is now, it right. like leaves no doubt of how many steroids Sammy Sosa was yeah. doing. Well, so so far it seems like the steroids are going pretty well. It, it's nineteen ninety eight. Uh, they're on steroids. Everyone, you know, it's a wink, wink, but everyone knows and it's, it's working. So everyone's okay with it. So, uh, so what happens? Well, so the Balco scandal drops the, it's kind of a perfect storm, really. So Balco uh, comes out, the league says we're going to suspend our not popular players for 10 games. Well, this is 2003, right? When the Balco scandal starts. Yeah. They start investigating in 2001 because this record was unbreakable for 37 years and then two guys break it and it's like okay cool this was an amazing confluence of events a fluke that will never happen again and then it's 2001 and barry bonds breaks it he breaks yeah he doesn't only just break the Maris record he breaks mark mcguire's record so, so no one had ever been able to get over 61 home runs in a season and then mark mcguire gets 70 sammy sosa gets 66 and a few years later, I think Barry Bonds, three years, three years. So this record stands for decades. And Barry Bonds breaks it in three years and hits, I believe, 74 home runs. I think it was 71. <laughs> I've got 71 in my notes. 71? I thought it was 73. Sure, well, I think it's 73. You know what, listeners, maybe you should do some work. Look this up yourself. <laughs> yeah, We're not going to do everything for you. We're not going to spoon feed you guys. <laughs> You're adults. Over 70, but less than 75. Either way, yeah, exactly. too many if you're not on steroids. I, I like so, what didn't Bonds later, wasn't he just like, yeah, I saw all the attention like those guys were getting and uh, I was like, I'm better than them. So let me do this, too. Like he said some kind of thing like that of like, yeah, I just it, did it because, you know, it was very matter of fact. It was like, yeah, you guys didn't say this was illegal. Mm -hmm. You knew we were doing it. There's no way you cannot know 80 percent of your players are doing that. Even as an exaggerated figure, it's enough that Conseco felt like he could say 80%. No one was going to call him on it. It's a high number. I mean, so, Barry, uh, Barry Bonds, his head like is, was very big. It grew in size <laughs> and it was very yeah. large and something was up. He was so big when he was hitting those home runs. It, it absolutely was. So this is, this is 2001. And then uh, in 2003, right? That's when the Balco scandal hits. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, hey, all these guys are coming here for supplements with air quotes. 
uh, maybe we should look into this. And it's like, oh, cool. Turns out they're giving every single player steroids. And so and so they're just like, guys, we're going to instruct the harshest penalty we can. Ten games to that guy. <laughs> it was just it could not have been more of a like, we get that you care. We're going to pretend we care. It's like when a kid shows you his toy and you're like, oh, that's neat. And your kid keeps showing you for 10 minutes. And you're like, OK, I, I get it. We're going to pretend I'm, I'm this is interesting, board. but I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I know what you're doing. But <laughs> right. but Congress, it like they see the 10 game suspension and they're like, no. And like they decide to just completely insert themselves into the game of baseball and start calling all of these hearings. Right. It's like, you know, point. you're Congress, right? This is not <laughs> you, you can, I think you can do country stuff. I think it's because ba- baseball is like a bunch of old people watch baseball and old people vote. And they're like, you got to put an end to this shit. And bam, there you go. You know what? I bet you're right. That was exactly it. It was suddenly that, that their constituents are invested. This is wrong. This is, this is not against the, this is not the spirit of baseball that we pretended existed for 70 years. <laughs> Guys, the country was at, was still is, but was at war <laughs> right. at the time. <laughs> That's true. We've got some big issues going on. You guys can take care of any of this there were, if you there want. There were really big things happening, and they were like bringing Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds to to confess to think that they have already been doing and are not going to admit <laughs> to the point that they actually tried to have Barry Bonds put in jail yes. for lying to them. It was about lying about baseball. Have, how many times have you lied during a game of golf? I mean, <laughs> I would be. I would be I'd have life without parole if I was told that because I lied about how well I did in sports. (laughs) Honestly, I just wanted to see at some point someone ask these congressional leaders, what do you think your job is? (laughs) It it was it was amazing. And it was this huge deal. And again, it was stuff being called from years ago. And as ridiculous as it was from McGuire saying, I'm not here to talk about the past because that's exactly what was called in. It was this moment of like, yeah, guys, why why are we doing this? This worked. I mean, it was everyone loved it. What's your issue with it? What do you think Mark McGuire tried to talk about instead? <laughs> Look, I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk. You guys seen 24? <laughs> it's blowing up right now. That, that show's fantastic. Oh, man. 24 was that was the show. Everyone I think I got the time period. You read right these Harry Potters? <laughs> read these Harry Potters? Really good. Really good Harry Potter books coming out right now. Well, so so this is it. They've got the congressional hearing. They are, are decide to crack down. And again, less than a year after they institute these, um, I've got the list here. First positive test, 10 games, second, 30, third, 64th is a year. And fifth is penalty at commissioner's discretion. And then uh, that was the beginning of 2005. November 2005, they changed it to first positive 50, second 100, third a lifetime ban, uh, which is, again, just enough to to show that they're doing something. But, you know, they obviously don't want to do it. Uh, and steroids, this is also a period where steroids are getting better. They're they're hiding them better. Yeah. Uh, you know, the HGH is introduced soon after, which is not made illegal uh, until 2011. Uh, you know, they, they are, they're finding ways around it, and baseball is continuing to let this happen as long as they think the players will take the heat and they won't. It's once yeah, exactly. They are, they're like the lookouts who are just right. like officers. I have never met these <laughs> men in my life. So this is, is going on. Uh, Selig, the commissioner, saying, I'm I'm as shocked as you guys are here. And it was like, dude, what were you doing all day then? Because we knew about it and we're yeah, not dude, in baseball. You're holding a syringe right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like it's like buying a uh, buying a bunch of beer for your kids and like letting them party in the house with people, and the cops come over. You're like, I don't know what they're doing. What? <laughs> yeah, I just put the, I put them out back. I, whatever they do out there, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Look, I was inside all night. Uh, Brantley, it was at the <laughs> pool house. You'll have to talk to Brantley about this. <laughs> so. So 2006, uh, Commissioner Selig assigns George Mitchell to head an investigation into past steroid use. Uh, and this is in response to book of Game of Shadows, another book that's just a tell-all where they're dropping all of this. It is only because players keep writing books <laughs> that any of this is an issue. He finally concludes the report in December 2007, and he named more than 80 former and current p- players uh, where they're just like, okay, cool. So we're, we're done then? <laughs> you got the names. So we just... I need to know, are we done with steroids? Or are we going to keep <laughs> cool, not cool? So at this point, guys, I'm, I'm fairly checked out. I was there for the home run race. But what are you guys thinking as baseball fans as you're watching this unfold? Well, by the time we got to, by the time we got to uh, Barry Bonds hitting home runs, I was like, oh, this is cool, too. I guess everyone's just going to hit like a million homers now because they're all on steroids. I wasn't like mad at it. I was just like. You this know, is the game. This is the game now. Maybe too many people are taking them, but I, it's fun. It's 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 cool. And then, well, and that the, was part of the issue. You had said right. It was it was the too many people. It was when it yeah. was the best players was a thing. I'm pro steroids. I think you know if they want to get like ten or twenty people taking steroids, mashing homers. But I <laughs> my, my beef is when like yeah, like I said, like pitchers taking them. You like a relief pitcher will come in. You can see like his traps above his ears. You're like, dude, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like too much, too much. So like, like give, if, give it to the stars and then the other guys let them steal bases and shit. There's no reason for every baseball player to look like Bane. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I, I feel like we have some social responsibility to say steroids are in general a bad idea. If you're not prescribed steroids, don't don't take steroids. This is not yeah, a they have a, they've been known to have some health uh, adverse health effects. It's mostly adverse health effects. It's not like it's a good thing, but it's also <laughs> rampant in this industry. Right. So let's at least acknowledge what it is here and proceed from there. If, if they're illegal in the world to take without a prescription, that's a separate punishment than if they're illegal in the game. Just decide what your rules are going to be. I'll also say, so in researching this, I did find out that like 80% of all steroid use is not like more than 8% actually. I think it's like 85% of all steroid use. It is not athletes. It is just like young to like 25 year old guys who just wanted to look yoked. Damn. That's it. it. It's that, uh, it, it's, and it becomes an, an issue because it's a very psychologically addictive thing, although not physically addictive. So yeah, steroids, steroids are a big issue, but it's a different issue in the world than it is in sports. And I think there was this thing where it was like, Oh no, these are drugs. Uh, and it's ruining the purity. It's guys, you, you got to decide where the issue is here to decide how you're going to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, they would take, I remember they would start saying like, Oh, my son looks up to you and you know, you have fucking back knee now. What am I supposed to tell him? <laughs> like, you know, there was all like, like there was conflating of all these things, like you said, and, and it should have just been like, all right, look, we all thought steroids were cool for 10 years. Now we're deciding they're not cool. Let's start fresh right now. It's like when they discovered sugar was bad for you. It was, they took a quick turn in like 1950 when all of a sudden that's when they changed the name from sugar pops to corn pops because suddenly the marketing went bad. Right. And, uh, and that was it. It's steroids are the the sugar of drugs. It's just (laughs) massively underselling the damage they have done to a lot of people here. But I will say, I will, in their, in, in, sorry, I'm going to skip ahead in baseball's defense. 
the amount of high school students who are taking who are athletes who are taking steroids did go up during this time. Well, so, and, and that's so a big part of the like, issue. These are yeah. legitimate issues because of that. It, it's just I, I think the issue wasn't that uh, the steroids themselves, except the conflating of where the problem is. The problem is kids are taking them. The, the problem is uh, that there's not not regulation here. There's not understanding of the damage they're doing. Uh, if you want one guy to ding out homers and he knows what he's doing, it, it's a different story than when you've got high school kids doing it because they think it's going to make them a pro yeah, player. One, yeah, the, the problem is, yeah, if you feel like you have to take steroids to be in the league because everyone's taking them, but if you designate one steroid guy on each team, they're the guy who hits <laughs> home runs. You, you can inject one guy as much as you want. He's the home run guy. And then everyone's on a fair flat footing, whatever, even footing. It's, I think I, we just revolutionized the sport of baseball. <laughs> They're doing so much to being like pitchers have to throw in 20 seconds or, you know, no, no, no. just one give, give one player, one player who gets to do steroids. And you know what? Just to make sure that uh, kids don't want to be them, uh, you know, every now and then we boo them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's when, just go out. Let's just have like one Space Jam Monstars team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys that are all in. So every year it rotates. Every year you get the team that gets to do steroids. It <laughs> rotates throughout the leagues so that everyone there's parity there. But so so this is basically it. Steroids they 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 boost the game. They get it back. It takes a big hit after this, but still not as big as the strike. It went down a little bit. Basically, it just evened itself out. It went back to where it was 1993 ish. Yeah, it, it it brought baseball back, and then I I definitely feel that all the the congressional hearings, baseball kind of self-flagellating about how terrible this is and how they had no idea. You know, you have you know C-SPAN is going in just saying you know Mark McGuire is a fake. It, it did psychologically that adds a lot to not caring as much about baseball sure. when the only message you're given about baseball is that it's all smoke and mirrors, mm. you know? That's a very good, yeah. I mean, I, absolutely. Where it, it's, again, I think it's just that, that issue of baseball is supposed to be this pure thing for Americans. So much so that we call it the world series when we're the only ones it's, it's, <laughs> it's gotta be. We have American. a Canadian team. <laughs> Because the because the expos got screwed by that <laughs> lockout, I brought it back. Brought it back. Full circle. There we go. So I mean, that that's is, a callback, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so this is basically this is where it went wrong, right? Was uh, it was somehow not the strike. It was not the introduction of steroids. It was the revelation that baseball was ignoring steroids to the point where baseball's like, I guess we got to pretend we care where it went wrong was baseball pretending they cared about steroids. <laughs> yeah. Not the strike, yeah. not the steroids. It was just pretty much Congress telling them, guys, you have to do something. My kid has back. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that is the story of the home run derby and just eventual scandal in baseball uh, where it went wrong. So uh, when has now been passionately talking about how horrible this this all was. Uh, so we got to make him defend it. When what's in their defense for you? In my defense of steroids and the steroid scandal, and I think we've touched upon it slightly throughout this entire podcast. Uh, steroids have always been used, guys. <laughs> they have <laughs> never not been used. You had Pud Galvin eating dog testicles <laughs> based on a magical elixir that some crazy college professor gave him, and he was, like, doing magazine spreads for it, okay? <laughs> that is how popular and how linked steroids are 
with the sport of baseball. We really had people coked out of their minds hitting dingers. <laughs> we had that Marish record that were like, this is pure and this is what sports is. But I'm going to guess that Maris was probably on something when he hit 61 home runs. <laughs> so let's not say, let's not get up on our high horses and just pretend that this isn't something that's going to happen. People are going to cheat. And I'm not sure something you can inject into your body is actually the form of cheating we should be concerned i mean i think stealing the playbooks and everything or like stealing signals that the astros are doing i think that's a way bigger scandal than somebody taking human growth hormone even though that is and i will say bad in case there are children listening do not take human growth <laughs> hormone but it led to this era of the sport where it literally united the entire country they preempted nfl football to show mark mcguire home runs that is how big this was was in the year of 1998 you don't get bigger than preempting football in america <laughs> to watch a man at his at bat you just don't do it this is how big steroids were and not only that our reaction to when like it all came spilling out to demonize the players sammy sosa is a cubs legend and he's not allowed in wrigley field because of this he was a legend. He was their star player for years. He hit 66 home runs, many of those in Wrigley, blocks from my apartment. And you're saying he's not allowed in Wrigley Field, but me, a man who is clearly <laughs> drunk there most of the time, can just roam around free? That's insane. And then you almost had Barry Bonds on house arrest for 30 days because he said he didn't do steroids. You knew he did steroids. <laughs> he knew he did steroids. The people watching at home knew he did steroids. Why did you try to put him under house arrest? He had to appeal that case twice so that he didn't go to house jail and yes his house is way nicer than our houses being in his house for 30 days would be a pleasure for you <laughs> or i but it's still a weird punishment to give a man for lying about how he played baseball and that is my defense of steroids <laughs> this was i i Great feel job. like some strong points but also a passionate roundabout <laughs> discussion to avoid too big a focus of the basic message being <laughs> that drugged up players are funner to watch <laughs> <laughs> look yes i will admit that it did boil down to me saying that drugged up players are more fun to watch however we watched that 98 uh home run series there <laughs> they were more fun to watch they, they, they were more fun to watch and uh, did, did yeah. baseball have a bigger moment than the cubs winning in 2016 it took them that's true that, like 18 years for for baseball to have a moment as big as that home run race and that was for seven games as opposed to an entire season and i think we've we've shown here that the biggest people that had issues were the the baseball purists what baseball should be and we've also shown that this is what baseball was baseball purists you should be supporting this this was your game from the beginning the only difference is they got better <laughs> at it instead of dog testicles that they've got scientists <laughs> on this now yeah look i've said many times my whole problem was to too many guys are doing it so yeah. you know a couple people start eating at a cool restaurant it's cool but then your whole neighborhood knows about it everyone's at the restaurant you're like fuck this place <laughs> and that's what happened with baseball too many people started getting the wood fried pizzas 
And uh, you know, you're like, I don't even want to be here anymore. So basically, baseball, uh, steroids and baseball is like Game of Thrones, where you're like, this fucking rules. And then like everyone else is like talking about, and then you're, and then like the end of it comes, and you're like, oh, that really petered out. That was you're bad. like, yeah, that, I was better three sucked. years ago. I got a, I got a uh, Mark McGuire jersey. Just remembering this, I got a 13 year old Mike got a Mark McGuire red jersey that I wore, like. I grew up in Massachusetts. I, why would I wear a Mark McGuire jersey? <laughs> but that's what this so, home run race did. That's what it was. So I grew up in Memphis, and so the the St. Louis have a have a associated a AAA team, the Memphis Redbirds. But also we get WGN, which is where all the Cubs games played. Mm. So like in Memphis, like this was like a big thing. Where it's just like, are you telling me that a St. Louis player and a Cubs player are racing <laughs> for the most home runs of all time? Like. It was a weird thing where, like, the city adopted both teams yeah. and, like, every game was, like, a huge moment for everyone. We didn't even discuss it, how big the—I mean, these were two massive rival teams. And actually, the guy that, that got the uh, the 60-second ball was uh, a guy that worked on the ground crew. Uh, and uh, he'd said there he, he couldn't understand it, uh, how you could be in St. Louis and be a Cubs fan. But it, it happened. He went to school with people who were, who were Cubs fans. And by the way, he— uh, this guy who could have sold his ball for $2 million gave it to McGuire. Oh, really? Uh, he did. He gave it to McGuire, and th- thankfully, he at least ended up on Letterman afterwards. He said, I didn't do anything. I was, I was there. I was doing my job. He was the one that hit the home run. Uh, he deserved wow. it. So I'm glad we've got a good person do, in this story. Do you, think, do you think that when he was then told the evaluation of $2.7 million, <laughs> he was like, fuck. You know, he, he, he stood by it, but... Uh, I like to think of myself as a good person. I would have kept the ball. <laughs> I would have kept the ball. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I wish, I wish I were that good of a person. <laughs> I wish I had that moral integrity, but I, I do not. Yeah, so, it's funny too. His, his McGuire's, all of his home runs were fucking bombs. And his 62nd one, like barely went over the fence. It was his yeah. worst home run I mean, of the season. I mean, it was like a dart, but it's still, it probably like broke that guy's hand, but it's still just like probably just cleared the fence. Well, that, oh that's no, it, it would have killed up. me if I, it, it hit me, but it was still a disappointing home yeah. run for Mark McGuire. Right. right. No, it, it rolled into a, a, a section without a crowd. It was basically just rolling on the ground. Nobody could get there. So that's why it's this. So maybe, maybe that's why he felt more like if I just like stumbled upon it, I'd be like, yeah, but if I like broke three knuckles catching it, yeah. I'm like, nah, bitch, that ball's mine. <laughs> that's mine. I'm collecting. And then someone would be like, do you want $2 million for it? You're like, nah, bitch, that's yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will say one last thing, and this is kind of a, 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 a com, uh, me commending Mark McGuire because he became a hitting coach uh, later on after he retired from baseball. And by all accounts, he became a good hitting coach yeah. over time. But his main thing was people couldn't understand that he'd be like, look, you just see the ball coming at you at 90 miles an hour and you hit it. I don't, <laughs> that, that's how good, like good players, great players, I should say, make bad coaches yeah. because how can you teach someone that level of skill that's of just point. like being able to see a 90 mile per hour ball in slow motion to be able to hit it? It can't be taught. Like steroids did not make his reflexes better. Right. He just be he's just that good of a player. He he could have become a record holding home run hitter probably without any steroids just because he's that good of an athlete. And I think that's the main thing. Steroids don't make you a better athlete than your you know they'll they'll advance you. You'll get you you're just will stronger. Get, that's it. Quote yeah. unquote better, but you will not be able to like think and know the game at a level that you did not before. Yeah, no, he absolutely. He was an amazing player. Uh, 
And again, one thing I've just looked up on this, the, the science of hitting a baseball, just the brain processing speed. If, if it's, it's a re- there's a reason that pretty much everyone in sports seems to agree this is one of the hardest things to do in, in any sport. And he was fantastically talented. And I think part of the issue here is that everyone wonders now, uh, would he have been able to do it without steroids? You know, maybe not 70, but would he have broken that record? Uh, but yeah, there, there's no discounting the talent that he and Sosa had before any yeah. of this. Yeah, I mean, when they, whenever they talk about the science of hitting a baseball, it's always so funny. It's like you have to you have to make up your mind to swing basically immediately, like as the yeah. ball is on the guy's finger still. Like you have to. It's like almost immediately you have to start to swing. It's it's the science of it is incredible, and I I, I know we're having a lot of fun today with, uh, talking about like how they were all roided up and whatnot, but. Still, the athleticism behind it is mind blowing to me. Yeah, hitting a slider seems like how do you hit a slider? Like that seems like the craziest <laughs> thing in the world. No, it, it's a lot of stuff. When you break it down, I was like, okay, cool. This shouldn't be possible. So right. maybe, and I, I think that's that's where a lot of the issue was is that this stuff is so cool and impressive to begin with uh, that you know people want to assign a lot of value to it. But but uh, yeah, I mean, what they did was was amazing with or without steroids. These were two fantastic players. Uh, and then and a lot more fantastic players. It was just they got caught up in a lot of issues around it. Yeah. So that is the home run race of 1998. That was a lot of fun, guys. That was so much fun. Thank you for having yeah. me. And thank you for reminding me that I have a Mark McGuire jersey at my parents' house. Yeah. I need to oh, go find bring that. it on hey, next show. If, yeah. If you can still fit into that, then, you know, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. You'll look like 90s Mark McGuire when you put it on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. Uh, we've got another show coming up for you next week uh, with Abby Govindan to uh, talk about friends and where they went wrong. And she's got some fantastic tanks on it. I hope you guys will, uh, will join us and listen again. So we'll see you next week. I think it was when they made Joey too stupid. All right, that's it for me. <laughs> thank <laughs> thanks thanks for, for having me, guys. This, this was thanks fun. for coming on, Mike. Thank you, guys. Hey, have a good week, Andrew. Have a good week, Wen. Bye.